Hey, it's Melissa Moore. Welcome to Mile High Magazine. Looking forward to our conversation again this week. Having back with us Kevin Peterson. He's a licensed marriage and family therapist, and also he is the starter of the Chronic Hope Institute. Hi, Kevin. Hey, how are you? Doing well. Well, looking forward to this conversation today, talking about really the family dynamics and addiction and the role of having an addict in the family and all of that stuff. And you said this is kind of your wheelhouse. This is where you spend your day, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I always tell people I grew up in a house of addiction, um, and then I started using drugs and alcohol when I was 13 and quickly found out I was an addict. Yeah. And then I got sober at 27, and then I went back to graduate school and became a mental health professional. So this is all I do. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> you got a lot of experience in this. Well, let's talk about that, because yeah. what you said right there, you hear that story so many times from people that they grew up with an addict as a family member. And then the story I've heard is you become either codependent or you become an addict yourself. Well, right. And so what I would say is that when you have someone in your family system that that struggles with addiction, and by the way, they can also struggle with severe mental illness as well. Um, what, what ends up happening is the family has to accommodate them. Um, and, and by that, I mean, you know, there's, there's always some chaos, some crisis, some drama, and that becomes the center focus of the family is how do we minimize that? How do we deal with that? How do we handle that? And at an early age, that's what happened to me is that, you know, my mom was really struggling. And so we immediately had to become, take the role. My sister and I took the role of being parents. And that happens so often. Oh, yeah. Anytime, anytime we have someone, and I mean, someone in the family, whether it's a sibling or a parent, uh, you know, what happens is there's a void that occurs, right? The person, they're too busy dealing with their addiction and they're not doing with whatever it is they're supposed to be doing in the family system. And, and you know, one of the things we talk about in the mental health world is someone, everyone, every member of the family takes their turn being the focus of the family. Like, you know, you go to school, you get a new job, you have a surgery or whatever. Mm-hmm. The addict gets in the middle of the family system and stays there permanently. Oh. And and forces everybody to sort of run around them in circles and solve the problem. It's the old story of, you know, the elephant in the middle of the room that nobody wants to talk about. Right, right. And that's such a great way to think about it is in that family dynamic, that attic is just standing in the center of the room turning like a little tornado. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. And because nobody really knows what to do, you don't come prepared for this. What they end up doing is, like you said, a tornado. They end up coming in and cleaning up a mess. Yes. You know, and, and, and basically accommodating them. And what we try to do or, you know, what I, uh, what I try to do with my clients and what my people try to do with their clients is help them be a little bit more proactive and, and take a stance of, hey, if you're going to continue to choose the drug and alcohol lifestyle, that's your choice. But I'm not going to participate with you. Mm. And, and, and it's not the old fashioned tough love slam the door in their face and say, you know, if you die, you die. I don't care. I don't I don't believe in that. What I yeah. believe in and saying is I love you, but I'm not going to do this. If you want help, I'll help you. I'll right. help you find help. Um, you know, and obviously if they're under 18, you know, you have an opportunity to sort of make a decision for them and get them help. What happens yeah. though when they're over 18 or when it's a spouse that's the addict? What happens then and how does how does a family deal with that? Great question. Um, what what I prescribe or what I've developed a system that I've developed for families is that you sit down with the person and say, you know, again, love you. You're my husband. You're my wife, whatever. Um, And I got to let you know this is not okay. And what I would like to do is I'm going to start instrumenting some boundaries, putting some boundaries in place. And the three categories we're going to look at are drugs and alcohol, 
and then work or school, and then behavior at home. Mm -hmm. And we outline it really clearly and concisely. You know, no drugs, no alcohol, and we're going to drug test you. We're going to do a breathalyzing, and we're going to come up with a system of consequences and rewards for that. And then the same thing for school and work, and the same thing for behavior at home. And it's just about taking a stand and saying, look, I know you have a problem, and I want to help you. If you choose not to help yourself, that's fine, but I'm going to choose not to engage because I can't have you taking me down into that tornado. All right, so let's take that one step further. The person says maybe they don't think they have a problem. Maybe they're in denial. They don't want the help, but yet they're living under the same roof. Then what? Well, what I tell my families is, you know, of course, if they're an adult, you know, they can always choose that option, but then you're going to choose to set some boundaries around them. And, you know, maybe you're not going to sleep in the same room anymore. You know, maybe there's going to be, you know, you can't, you know, if it's if you jointly own the house, I understand, you know, sometimes it's like, like, well, okay, uh, then we need to talk to a lawyer and we need to talk about having a separation. Yeah. We, you know, we need, because it's not going to get better by itself. Right. You know, and one of the things that I always tell my families that I work with is, look, I want to be clear. Following the boundary system that I created for you is not about changing the other person. It's about changing you mm-hmm. and, and saying, I'm no longer going to do this. And it turns out that's the most effective way to help someone that's struggling with addiction is to take the family system and clean up the family system, not to focus just on them, because that's all we've ever done is focus on them. Right. I was going to say they've been that tornado in the center of the room. They've had all the focus. Exactly. And so now what we're going to do is say, you know, you can be a tornado. You're just going to have to be a tornado somewhere else. And that's a hard line in the sand. It is. And again, when people come to me, they're not coming because they're wondering if it's a problem. Yeah. They've already gotten to the point where they've talked to the priest, the minister, the rabbi, um, an individual therapist. They've gone to couples therapy. They've tried the doctor and none of them have come up with a solution. Yeah. And, and so that, that's where that's where my stuff comes in perfectly. Well, and I was going to say, and it really comes down to that addict deciding whether or not they want to make the change or they're willing to. And it's well, right. And, you know, it's also it, yes. And it's also understanding that they're in the grips of a disease that's yes. telling them they don't have a problem. Yeah. You know, and yep. so I and I'm not trying to give them a pass on any level whatsoever. No, you know, no, I, I think got, that's fair. Yeah, my I got sober because my family circled the wagons and said, we love you, you're out. Yep. You know, and, and, and when, as soon as this nonsense ends, you're back in, mm. you know, and we'll help you. But but if you're going to choose to continue to live this lifestyle, that's your choice, but we're not going to participate. Yeah. And, and, and that was hard for them, but they also had gotten to a point where they were like, you know what, he's going to do whatever he wants to. But so it really, what turned out was, is that it took about six weeks before I was like, like, oh, they're really, they really mean it, you know? And so then I called them back and said, okay, what do we got to do? And they're like, well, let's, let's seek some help. Let's get some counseling and let's talk about this. Mm. And that's, that was how my journey to sobriety started. Yeah. And that's a really beautiful story of a family doing it out of love too. Yeah. Out of love and holding strict boundaries. Yeah. You know, and a lot of times people think love means continuing to give them another chance and another chance and another chance. And it's like, no, 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 that's not love. That's called enabling. That's great. Yeah. Cause let's talk about that. And the difference between helping and enabling. Oh, yeah. Well, (laughs) in my world, we say help is the sunny side of control. 
Oh, <laughs> you know? I love so, that. Yeah. So when I'm trying to help you, what I'm really trying to do is to get you to do what I want you to do the way I want you to do it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And and that's where that's where the codependent features start to really come through. Um, and and the other thing I always tell folks is you have to ask yourself before you start doing a task for someone or solving a problem for someone, is this something they're capable of doing themselves? Because if it is, then you shouldn't be doing it. And here's the thing. I didn't say, will they do it? Right. I said, are they capable? You know? Because it turns out consequences are how we learn. That's very true, even from a young age. Right, exactly. And so allow them to, you know, face a little consequences. Allow them to face a little uncomfortableness because that's going to create an environment for them where they're going to need help. And and then what they're going to do is turn back to you and say, wait, 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 normally you help me here. And you're going to stand back and say, yeah, I'm not going to help you. Um, I'm not going to solve your problem for you. What I Now, if you want help quitting drinking or want help going to see a therapist, I'll definitely point you in the right direction. Mm. But I'm not going to swoop in and fix this for you. Right. That stuff's over with. Right. And I was married to an addict for a long time and I went into fix it mode. I'm going to fix it. I'm going to fix you. I'm going to fix us. I'm going to fix the situation. I'm going to do all the research like I'm your girl. This is this is what I was born for. (laughs) And it it, it didn't it didn't fix it. It did not fix anything. In fact, I got sicker. Exactly. And, And here's the thing I would tell you is having been on both sides of that coin for the addict. If someone's willing to run my life for me and take care of me, <laughs> I'm going to sit back and let it happen. Oh, yeah. You know, yep. you know this is sweet. Yeah. This is a great deal. Right, know? right. And and uh, and so that's why it's so important that the entire family, if, 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 like the situation you described in my family situation, the entire family has to get help, not just the individual. Yeah. You know, um, because we got to learn how to behave differently. We got to learn how to say... I love you, but the answer is no. Right. And, 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 you know, and if you need, if you're trying, if you're honestly trying to get help and you're honestly trying to go down a path, knock yourself out. I'll do everything. I'll, I'll be right there with you side by side, but I am no longer clearing the path for you. And for me, you know, our story was not only am I not, no longer going to do that. I went and got myself healthy individually and he chose yeah. not to get healthy. And that was his choice. And that happens, you know, and, and, and that's his choice. And you respected his choice as an adult and said, okay, so that means we're not going to stay together. Right. And I think that those are the consequences sometimes people don't talk about is that, hey, you both can recognize the problem and it can still not work out as far as in a marriage situation. Absolutely. And let me tell you, it can go the other way as well. Someone can go get sober and, and recover and change their life and come back to their marriage or their family and the family's like, yeah, we're not doing that. Yeah. You know, and, and so they have to make a decision whether or not they want to continue to participate in that process or that family system as well. And, you know, what we're really talking about here is learning how to stand up for yourself and take care of yourself. Here, here's the phrase that I always use. My wife says we're going to print T-shirts because I just say this over and over and over. Healthy families come from healthy individuals. Healthy individuals work on their stuff. Everybody has stuff. Yes. Yes. And, and then and she said, I'm the back we're going to put because my other favorite phrase is of course we're going to talk about your childhood (laughs) (laughs) i've heard that from so i'm such a big fan of therapy and and getting to the root of stuff and i've heard that from so many people like i don't want to talk about my childhood i'm like "Mm, you probably will (laughs) yeah it's just that's where it all is right it's like look that's where all your stuff started i mean well-meaning parents 
doesn't equal a healthy family. No, and it's not because your parents were evil or awful. I mean, some of some some of us have evil and awful parents. Don't get me wrong, you know. But it's not because they intentionally woke up every morning and said, "Hmm, how am I going to screw my kid up today?" You know. <laughs> no. And, I mean, there were there, there are some, right? You know, but but for the most part, they really were doing what they thought was right, and and it turns out it just didn't work. So to me, that's why the focus really has to be on the entire system. Of course, the individual that's struggling with drugs and alcohol needs to get specific help for that. Yeah. Um, obviously. Right. But the rest of the family also needs to engage back as well and start saying, so it turns out that the way we were behaving was turning a blind eye mm-hmm. and or acting as if, you know, we didn't know what was going on or acting as if it's just a phase or whatever. That's what's got to change. Yep. Yep. That you whole know? family dynamic. I mean, and, and I love the fact that you treat the family there at the Chronic Hope yeah. Institute. Yeah, that's our whole thing is that everybody comes from a family, whether it's your chosen family or it's your bio family or your work family or your whatever family. Everybody has a family system that they work within, and we want to help that family system heal um, because it turns out if we can get the family system to change, the individual's ability to stay sober and change increases exponentially. Right. And, I, and I've got to believe, like you said, healthy people come from healthy families. Then, then if you can get your family healthy, you can pass that on to the next generation. Absolutely. And, and here's the thing, too, is that one of the most important things about being a healthy individual or a healthy family is asking for help, mm. you know, is not thinking, oh, we're fine. I mean, yeah. I grew up in Palo Alto, California. I, I grew up in a house that's, you know, now it's worth millions of dollars and we had nice cars and nice trips. I mean, on the outside, everything was perfect, sure. you know, but on the inside, it was chaos. Yeah. And, but pe- people would look at us like, oh my God, look how great that is. And oh my gosh, you know, you, you can't buy into the let's look good right? and that'll make it okay. Yeah. And that is yeah. so often why kind of like the social media highlights. It's like what people are seeing on the outside <laughs> and it's not really what's going on on the inside. Oh yeah. No, I watch that stuff and I see the stuff on TV and I'm just like, oh, I know what's going on there. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, Kevin Peterson, the Chronic Hope Institute, I always love our conversations. For folks who want more information about what you do and maybe getting help themselves, what do they need to do? Well, the first thing I would say is go to our website, which is chronichope.us. Um, and we offer uh, we offer some books, some videos. We offer some classes. Uh, we offer individual sessions, family sessions. We kind of do. But there's also a ton of free stuff, like this interview will be on there. All the other interviews I do are on there. And, and that's really how it starts, mm-hmm. is, is like I said, getting on there, sending us an email and saying, I need help. Yep. You know, and then, and then allowing us to help you. Kevin Peterson, always a great conversation with you today. Kevin Peterson, licensed marriage and family therapist and the founder of the Chronic Hope Institute. Definitely reach out if you'd like more information. I'm Melissa Moore. Thank you for joining us on this Sunday morning. We sure appreciate you being here. Go out, have a great Sunday and remember to be kind to everyone. I'll see you back here next week.